wonderful friends, welcome to Faith FM Drive Time, welcome to Big Q&A. This is the program where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion and the Bible, and where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I am Nick Krita, the South Australian Regional Coordinator for Faith FM, and if you like to make a comment or have your questions answered, you can text me on 0401-305-077 or you can email us at uh, info at dot com dot au. Visit our website also, faithfm.com.au. Our co-host today is Brenton Wilkinson, and Brenton is a minister and serving currently in the Southeast region. It's good to have you with us uh, today, Brenton. Thank you, Nick. It's an absolute pleasure to be on Faith FM Drive Time with you on this. No worries. And uh, Brenton, which churches are you involved with uh, down in Southeast? Nick, for the benefit of our readers, I'll give you just a brief overview. At the beginning of this year, my wife and I were asked to move to the southeast of South Australia. My primary church there is Mount Gambia. However, I have three other churches of which I'm also a minister, mm-hmm. Millicent, uh, Rendlesham, and we have a group up at Court as well. Uh, you could say, I guess, that I have a rather large parish because I That's have, what I was thinking, yes. I have church members 20, 30 kilometres the other side of border town towards uh, Nil. Uh, this side of the border, I might add, for those of you who are jumping to your phones to keep the Victorians out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're not in Victoria, but they're not very far out of it. And I do have church members in Victoria, but they're currently uh, serving elsewhere in Australia. And I have uh, church members over at Kingston Southeast. So um, I think, Nick, probably rather than a car, a helicopter would probably be a good thing <laughs> to actually have. Oh, well. I'd be able to get to my Bible studies and my visits a little quicker. Put some submission <laughs> in there, you know. Who knows? You may get the... Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> I have uh, talked the matter over with David. <laughs> I'm still waiting. <laughs> oh, well. Hey, um Brenton, uh, really enjoying to have you with us here. And Great I to be re- here, Nick. I really appreciate you coming on board with me on some other programs which we produce for uh, Faith FM. But uh, right now, I'm glad to have you with us. Uh, and we are looking into something very special uh, for the whole week. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are uh, tackling and talking about money, money, money. Mm-hmm. And many people mm-hmm. like to talk about that money, but we are going to look into from a different perspective today. So uh, you're not going today. to play the ABBA song, Money, Money, Maybe money. not this uh, time. <laughs> uh, but, uh, uh, Brenton, the theme for the week is the Bible and mm. money mm. and the materialistic world. Yes. Now, we already... Uh, dealt with some of the question, does the Bible have anything to say about materialism? And we had a very good uh, run with Joseph just uh, a bit earlier uh, in the week. Mm. And also, doesn't Christianity, you know, uh, promise prosperity? You know, we live in a time when... the prosperity gospel is, is uh, you know, it's quite ve- a bit, quite a bit on. It's very strong. The largest mega church in America today, I mm-hmm. won't name it, is uh, it has an attendance of fifty-two thousand 
people on a weekend. Mm. That's a lot of people. Mm. They are very much into the prosperity gospel. Yeah. And if you listen to their minister carefully, you'll recognize the, um, shall we say, the, the views on, on prosperity. Mm. The mm. Bible does talk about prosperity, but um, I wonder whether the Bible is always t- talking about prosperity in regard to money mm. or possessions because... Can I read something from the, the word for you? Yes, sure. We'll come yeah. to that. We'll come yeah. to that in a way. I'm just yeah. giving a little bit. I just the, want to give a little bit of perspective. Sure. And we'll come to that. Yeah. We'll, sure. we'll mm. come. Uh, the okay. next um, uh, topic which we dealt with was uh, um, Does the Bible reveal any uh, financial principles? And um, yeah, Gary, look into that with, uh, with David. Yes, he uh, would have. And definitely, we have uh, lots of information in the Bible. Also, just the other day, uh, does the Bible have anything to say about gambling? Now, even if the Bible may not say precisely gambling, using the word gambling, but uh, we learn some some things how uh, much that can affect uh, a Christian and Christian living. Now, uh, today, particularly, we are going to look, uh, Brenton, does the Bible... Or what has the Bible to say about giving and mm. generosity? Sure, sure. Now, if you like to share us something, as you just said, uh, from, uh, from the Bible, uh, please uh, do that. Okay. I would like to read Deuteronomy 15, verse 11, which I found rather an interesting uh, verse, Nick, because mm-hmm. um, there is a view in society sometimes that people are poor because of mismanagement of money mm-hmm. uh, because of drug use, because of uh, various addictions and things. And gambling, and, as and you said. Gambling, yep, yep. And gambling, and there certainly is something to that. However, I want to read you a text that Jesus said through Moses to the Israelites, and he said this, For the poor will never cease from the land. This is Deuteronomy 15, verse 11. Mm-hmm. Therefore, I command you, saying... You shall open your hand wide to your brother, to your poor and your needy in your land. Mm. In our society today, um, (laughs) it's a common phrase. You've heard it, Nick, Mm -hmm. and all our listeners would have heard it as well. The rich are getting richer and the poor are getting poorer. And uh, I think once they computed that a small select number of people had more than 90% of the world's wealth. Mm -hmm just uh, themselves. Now, what's interesting is due to COVID-19, and here's here's another factor that's thrown a spanner into the spokes, a lot of people now are out of jobs. It is estimated that possibly by the end of uh, the next month or two, we will have 10% of our workforce out of job. Mm. Now, these people have mortgages to pay. They have to live. Yes. They have to clothe their children and themselves. They probably have vehicles to run and they probably have educational expenses, none of which are going to be waived because there's COVID-19. When I read this chapter 15 and verse 11 of Deuteronomy, I immediately, it immediately sprang to my mind. Uh, A statement that Christ made, you might remember when Mary smashed the alabaster jar and anointed his feet yes. and anointed his head. Uh, and Judas carried on and said this money should have been sold for 300 pence and given to the poor. Mm-hmm. Now, 300 pence or 300 denarii 
in our day and age is actually the equivalent of one year's wages. I'm not sure what the average Australian wage is today, but it's probably around $60,000, $65,000 per annum. So can you imagine a jar of ointment worth, well, even half of that? Um, Jesus made a very interesting comment in response. He said, let her alone. She's done something uh, in anointing me for my burial. The poor you will always have with you. Mm -hmm. Therefore, the principle of giving is timeless. It applied back in the time of Abraham. It applies in 2020. Mm. Absolutely. And uh, you pointed out very well, uh, uh, Brenton, that um, yeah, first thing when we talk about uh, giving and uh, uh, generosity, Yes. We may think, all right, I need to put my uh, hand in down deep in the pocket, to pull out some uh, money there, give it to the Lord. Okay, uh, God, I did my part. Mm-hmm. That's how we usually um, uh, understand or uh, have the perception of giving. Yes. Uh, one of the questions I may, I may just have, um, Brenton, mm. does God need our no. money? I don't believe he needs our money, Nick. Um, What I am, (laughs) I have come to the conclusion of, and later on in our program, we will be offering this book, I believe, called Mm -hmm. The Giving Equation. Yeah, go for it. You you talked about it. Long. I did have a brief look through this book. It's a very, very good book. Any listeners to our Drive Time Faith FM program, if you would like a copy of this, the, The Giving Equation by Ken Long, Follow uh, either the telephone number or the email address that Nick has given you at the start of the program today, and you can get this book for yourself. He actually says in here that um, I don't know whether I can get it real quick. Mm. Uh, That's one of the problems of being on air. Um, He actually says that... God doesn't need our money. All right. Look, I, I just have that one uh, ready for you. I will. Uh, I open the the page sure. here. Mm. And by the way, uh, for anyone who listening uh, right now, the phone number again is zero four zero one three zero five zero seven seven. You can just send me an SMS with your name, uh, and uh, we'll deliver the book to you. Particularly here in uh, South Australia, in Adelaide, uh, we'll be more than happy to deliver the book to your door. Um, free of charge, no obligation. And um, actually on the book, uh, you look in, uh, on page number 12, uh, I believe, um, uh, Brenton, and it says here, so often we are told that God needs our money. Our money is needed to uh, spread the gospel, to finance the operations of the church and to found the wages of the ministers and pastors. Uh, these are just some of the traditional answers to the reason why God needs our money. But the author of this book, it says, but uh, you know, uh, later on, let's uh, be blunt on, on this. And did you get that one? Are you yes. on the page? If yes, you like so to, yeah, take me take me where you want um, to share uh, from here, because this author is talking about that God doesn't need our money, That's because everything that. belongs to him. But why are we encouraged then to to understand what the giving means and to Mm. be generous. Mm. Yeah, well, let me share just a little bit of uh, the point here, and I'm now over a page or two, Nick, on this Mm. one. Giving is for our benefit. Hello, is everybody listening? Mm -hmm. God doesn't need our money. We know that. Why do we know that? Because God created this world. He created us. He created the resources that we use, Mm -hmm. water, 
air, metals, food, soil, plants. All of that was uh, created by him in the first place. But if God doesn't meet our money, have you ever wondered why God asks you to give? Mm -hmm. Why would the God of the universe ask you to put your hand in your pocket and give each week? Before we answer this question, we need to distinguish between why we give and how the money is applied. Mm -hmm. Why we give is our reason for giving. It's our motive for giving and the basis of our decision and conviction to give. How the money raised by our giving is applied to God's work is a separate question that is frequently given as the answer as to why we give. Um, I think there's an important, another important principle here. When David wanted to build the temple mm-hmm. of the Lord, God said to him, uh, uh, sorry, you're not uh, building the temple because you've been a man of war. You've said, shed blood. Mm-hmm. Uh, have your son Solomon. I have chosen as the one who will build a temple for my dwelling place and for my name. Now, David invited the people to give. They gave almost to the point where he had to stop them. Mm. Now, it states there that they gave joyfully, they gave liberally, and that God was pleased with their giving because of the motive. Now, um, today we deal with people called philanthropists. You would have heard of philanthropists. Mm, yes. Some of the wealthiest people in the world are philanthropists. Bill Gates is a philanthropist. Mm-hmm. Others are philanthropists. A philanthropist is someone usually who gives to various causes, uh, some of them good and some of them uh, may be questionable, but in the person's mind giving, he or she believes that they're appropriate. Um, what What God is commending them for is that they gave with a glad heart. Mm. They didn't have their arm twisted. So when we give each week, whether it's at church or by whatever means, whether it's by e-giving or by other means, I think the important principle is why are you doing this? Mm -hmm. Is it because the church or a group requires Mm -hmm. you to do it or is it because you really want to give back to God what is his. Mm-hmm. If we sit down before we spend our money and put aside our tithe and our offerings and other things first, I believe that um, those who say that I can't give 10% of my income because I won't survive, I would suggest to them that this, I would suggest that they test God on mm. that matter. I mean, while you're mentioning that, uh, Brenton, about the uh, 10%, because that is the, the, the mm. tight. Sure, uh, sure. Uh, Did you cover this on a previous program? Well, I don't probably know. Uh, a little bit, but what I, what I want to say here, now, we all may uh, heard about uh, Abraham, And Abraham, you know, the the, the father of... uh, The faithful. The faithful. Um, Now, he put in place this principle of giving. Now, I'm not sure if he was asked to do that, but that was uh, uh, from his benevolence. Yes. uh, After he... God was with him. God was helping yes, him yes. to conquer, you know, to be victorious over those mm. uh, kings and uh, whatever the, the Bible is telling us. He decided to give 10%. Now, is this a thing which God asked us to do? The reason I'm asking here, because I heard many Christians saying that, um, oh, you know, I mean, I can give what 
what uh, what I can give and when when I can yes, give and yes. uh, how I feel to mm-hmm. give. But is this the the tithing thing uh, a principle, a biblical uh, principle, uh, Brenton? Yes, it is. According to chapter four of Malachi, which for those of our listeners who may know, it's the very last book of the Old Testament. It says, bring you all the tithes into the storehouse. Um, Actually, it's chapter 3. My apologies for that. Um, God asks us to bring the tithes into the storehouse, but Malachi is an interesting book because it almost is, Nick, like a um, question and answer format. Mm -hmm. Uh, The question is, will a man rob God? That's the question or statement. The answer is yes, you've robbed me in tithes and offerings. So for those who say, I give what I can and... uh, the Lord knows I'm doing the best I can. I would suggest to them that you prove the Lord in this matter. Mm-hmm. I don't believe you can really expect his full blessing or maybe even his blessing when you are defrauding him of some of what is rightfully his. We could use the example, and it is a good one, um, in Acts chapter 5 of Ananias and Sapphira. Mm-hmm. Now, they sold a block of land. Let's say it was $100,000. They brought $50,000 and put it before the disciples. Nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. Nothing at all wrong with that, except they practiced deceit by saying this is the full amount that we got for the land. Now, God knows if you make a promise to God to give, Uh, whether it's tithes, whether it's offerings, whether it's a large donation to a church or a charitable group or whatever, God expects you to be faithful Mm -hmm. in doing it. Mm -hmm. If you said you would give $100,000, $75,000 isn't going to cut it as far as God is concerned. (laughs) What is important is that you faithfully discharge the vow that you made to God that you were going to give. And Where Ananias and Sapphira fell down was not the fact that they gave, it's the fact that they made out that what they were giving was the full amount, where they kept back 50% of it for themselves. Yes. And you find in the previous chapter, chapter 4, a guy called Joseph Barsabas, known as Barnabas. Mm -hmm. Barnabas sold a block of land and brought all the money. Now, you could question, I guess, then the principle of why are Ananias and Sapphira giving? Is this a game of one-upmanship? What's going on here? Mm. Joseph gave a donation and he was esteemed amongst the church members for his benevolence and generosity. Were they practicing the same? Or was this a game of one-upmanship? He gave some money, so therefore we're giving some money. We don't know. Mm. The Bible doesn't say. But obviously God knew the motives as to why they did what they did. And the action that he took was pretty severe. <laughs> uh, I get uh, from you something here. You don't need to give. Or, uh, to give. You are not asked to give. Uh, no, no. Just it's to, not but what I'm trying to say here, yeah. not mm. just by looking around your eyes, oh, some other people gave, then I need to give. Um, that's not how it works. That's not the principle. Yes. You know, yeah. The principle is to have that connection with God. God yes. to talk to you as uh, with Abraham. Amen. And yeah. uh, mm-hmm. then you'll have that uh, conviction, mm-hmm. if you like. Mm-hmm. You, I really want to, uh, to give this to to this cause or to the other or to um, to support this on that because we, we touch on that a little bit and probably we'll give some uh, passages in the Bible where it says that uh, to God belongs everything. Mm. 
Yeah. Everything. The you book know? of Psalms says he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Absolutely. And not yeah. only that, but everything inclusive yeah. our lives and the mm. breath of our lives, which without it, we cannot do anything. You know, yeah. but mm. why are we, uh, Brenton, why are we in these days so um, uh, greedy, so uh, individualistic? Why is, why is just me, me, me? Why? I think part of it comes about because of, uh, shall we say, the philosophies that are present in our society today. Mm -hmm. Um, How can I use this example? When I was growing up here in Australia, we knew our neighbours five or six houses down each side of our street. Mm -hmm. If we went away, our neighbours would look out for our place. Mm -hmm. If the lawns needed mowing, they would probably mow them. Today, we live in such a cosmopolitan society that if you know your next-door neighbour, that is a real plus. Mm. Whether you're living in a unit, a masonette, or whatever it happens to be, a townhouse, a a suburban house, a three-bedroom brick house, um, you're lucky if you know the people around about you. When you deal with people from other societies, and I'm going to broaden this a little Mm, bit now, mm. you come from Romania. I was born and bred in Australia. Um, There are people that I interact with in my church at Mount Gambier and elsewhere from Africa Mm -hmm. and places like that. They seem to me to be far more cooperative Mm -hmm. in their approach to helping one another Mm -hmm. than perhaps many Australians are these days. And I think that that's a a sad commentary on society because um, the principle of society these days is look after number one. Number one is you. Mm -hmm. Look after number one. You were trained from school age. Let's take an example. Once upon a time... When, um, let's take the example of school days. When I was at school and you were at school, I was quite good at sport. Mm. So if I won an event, I was duly recognised. And those who didn't win the event, well, obviously they weren't recognised. Today, political correctness has determined that everyone gets a prize, Mm. even if you finish last. Mm -hmm. Um, By so doing, I believe... It, it is stifling initiative and the willingness to get ahead in life. Um, I, I, I think that's a yeah. disadvantage. And it plays into this whole picture of what's mine is mine and I want to protect it. I want to look after yeah. it. Um, Australians will give. Let's, let's balance this. Australians will give. Did Australians give when the bushfires came at the beginning of the year? Yes. Yes, they did. Yes. Both here in South Australia and in other places. Uh, do Australians give when there's an earthquake or a, a flood or something like that and people have lost, lost their homes? Yes, they do. Mm-hmm. They do give. But it seems to me that is, is that a regular principle in their lives or is that a one-off? But is that the giving? Um, uh, sorry to put it this way a bit. No, 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 no. Is that giving, right you know, sometime... Um, uh, it's kind of a bit of a proudness, you know, that we are uh, supporting each other, we are giving. Yes, you yes. said something interesting that society can shape uh, yeah. the way you um, you think of, of these things, you mm. know, to give, mm. not to 
uh, ask too many questions, not yes, to yes. Uh, see the results. Like you gave yeah, the example yeah, of yeah. Mary Mary Magdalene, where I she spent yes. that enormous amount of money mm-hmm. pouring on the feet of Jesus, you know. Mm. And uh, Judas straight away said, "What a waste! Mm. What a waste!" You know, because when you're thinking, you give. Uh, to support people because of the fire disasters or other things. Yes, you know, oh, yes. what, a, what a good deed, what a good thing. But the motivation, that's what I'm trying to say, uh, to see here. Yeah. The motivation for our giving and for our generosity. Mm. I mm. mean, are we still the same like you pointed out um, some years ago when uh, people seem to be more generous on general level feeling with each other relationship yes. you know yes. relationship yeah. because that's what i yeah. kind of get from abraham yep. abraham Good gave because mm. he had a relationship with God. You know, he understood, yeah. okay, mm. almighty God, you've been with me, you helped me. I want to give this. Yes. Yeah, another, another way of looking at that, Nick, is um, let's take, for example, um, ADRA. Mm. A lot of people, a lot of our readers would have heard of ADRA, Adventist Development Relief Agency. Um, we have an appeal each year, somewhat similar in some respects to the Salvation Army Red Shield appeal. Mm-hmm. Now, over the years, I have collected for the Salvation Army Red Shield Appeal, as well as the ADRA Appeal and other appeals as well. I've collected on behalf of the Heart Foundation and others. But what I have noticed, and this is I'm throwing it out there for our listeners to take on board, is often you will knock on a door. <laughs> Someone will come to the door. You'll uh, identify yourself or introduce yourself and say, I'm collecting on behalf of. And they say... Um, I've already given, or uh, there are too many, too many things these days, too many people wanting things these mm-hmm, days. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't give to everything. So yeah, yeah. now that's true. Hey, uh, Brenton, time is flying. Uh, sure. I can see that uh, very uh, fast. I'm going to take a short break here. Yes. I'll play a song, and then uh, we'll, um, we'll be back uh, to... We might share the four types of giving. When, yes, when yes, we, c- we can do that. Mm, we can do, I'm just sure. looking for a good song to share now. And this is uh, because I have been given much. Let's listen to this and we'll be okay. back in a, Sounds in a minute. Good. Because I have been given much, I too must give. Because of thy great bounty, Lord, each day I live. I shall divide my gifts from thee With every brother that I see Who has the need of help from me? Shelter over 
was a beautiful song, uh, and I really like that we should give uh, when uh, we love people, we really give. It's also good to have uh, with us today David Lima from uh, Family Voice Australia. At uh, this uh, time, we had to connect with David via phone because he was not able to be with us in the studio, but he's in Port Augusta today. David, how are you? Yes, great. Thank you, Nick, and greetings from our august city. <laughs> It's very good to to have with us, uh, have you with us again uh, today. And th- this is a very interesting program uh, today, David, because uh, for the whole week we are we were uh, talking about you know money, 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 <laughs> and particularly what does the Bible have to say about uh, materialism, David? As a Christian organization, Christian ministry, uh, do you have a perspective on the theme of generosity? Yes, Nick, we do indeed, because, of course, the Christian faith is all about generosity. Mm-hmm. So, fir- firstly, we think about God's generous gift of creation. He's made the universe and made this wonderful planet Earth for us to enjoy, mm-hmm. and he's set mankind to work here. So... When we look at creation, we see how marvelous and generous God is. And then secondly, he has given us salvation because we have messed up in this wonderful planet and we have turned away from God. And yet in his mercy, so generously, he has sent Jesus. So we deserve only condemnation and, and instead we get his generosity by sending Jesus to be our savior. Mm-hmm. And then More than that, there's the renewal which comes from salvation. So creation is being renewed and our relationships are being renewed because God generously sends his Holy Spirit to minister in our hearts. Mm-hmm. And then we've got gifts of family and community and we've also got the opportunity to be generous because we've all got the, what I like to call the three T's. We've got time, treasure and talent. So those are the three areas in which we can be generous. Oh, that's beautiful. And you know, David, uh, uh, all through the history of humanity, that was that kind of thing, the, the greedy, you know, the just accumulate, just get, get things. Uh, I remember uh, from the scripture, you know, one of the wisest men who lived on earth, uh, except of Jesus, uh, King S- Solomon, He said something about uh, treasures and money and, mm. you know, something like that, not to not to chase the wind, you know, because Correct. it's very hard to catch it. But, you know, people today, they are um, trapped in this. We, we are uh, chasing, seems like, the, the wind. And we may have the money, we may have uh, all the materialistic things in our hands, uh, but I'm not sure if that brings really... Uh, satisfaction. And I'm mm. going to ask you a, a question here because you mentioned those uh, three T. I like that. You know, I like to to be able to remember the things. Uh, mm. um, you talked about time. Yes. How can we be generous in time, David? Yes, yeah, very important that we do that. We've only got 24 hours a day, each one of us. So we have to be careful how we use it. But we've got to make sure that we spend our time on the important things and do so with a generous heart. Because, mm-hmm. of course, God loves a cheerful giver, so we shouldn't give of our time in a grudging manner, but with great cheerfulness. So we need to give the gift of time to each other in marriage because husbands and wives, they take each other for granted. They forget to say thank you and please. They forget to apologize. And we need to give each other the gift of time, which really means listening, listening to one another, All hearing right. the other. And then we need to give time to our children. Uh, if listeners to 
they have teenage children, and we all know that teenage children like to shut themselves away in their bedroom and and, and reply with uh, sentences of one one word or less. Yes, and and we need to give the gift of time to our children. Perhaps going out to a coffee shop or out for a hamburger or something, or maybe going for a drive. It's amazing how driving in the car will free up teenagers so that we can have time together. Mm-hmm. And, of course, with uh, smaller children, they can't get enough of our time. I remember once saying to our son when he's now 30, but when he was three, I said, do I spend enough time with you? And he immediately said, nope. You know, <laughs> so he, he, know, he knew that very well. So we need to give each other the gift of time. Mm. Oh, that's uh, very important. And, and David, um, uh, how can we be g- generous also with our treasure, with the things yes. we have, you know? Well, we all have bills to pay. We've all got to put petrol in the car, but we all do have discretionary spending. Mm-hmm. And when we look at our discretionary spending, we can see where our heart is because Jesus said, where your treasure is, there you will find your heart. So hopefully our discretionary spending is one that we can be proud of. Uh, and perhaps some of us are somewhat arrested uh, as we contemplate that thought mm-hmm. as to what we're spending our money on. But uh, Jesus wonderfully said these words in Luke chapter 16, use worldly wealth to gain friends for yourselves mm. so that when it is gone, you will be welcomed into eternal dwellings. It's a most remarkable statement. So money is to be used and it is to be not accumulated but spent. Mm-hmm. Use worldly wealth to gain friends for yourselves so that when it is gone, you will be welcomed into eternal dwellings. How wonderful would it be, do you think, Nick, if we were to go to heaven and be welcomed there by someone who has come to faith on earth because mm-hmm. of money that we've spent? Yeah. Yeah, and uh, while, you, while you said that, David, um, I remember early in the early program, we we talked a little bit about uh, how important it is to to look after uh, everything what you have, you know, money, mm-hmm. time, and uh, uh, all those things you you mentioned. And there was a statistic here by uh, McClindle um, saying that in Australia, eighty percent admit that they consume more than they need, mm-hmm. and seventy one percent agreed that they own more than they need. Mm. 82% again feel good when they buy something new. Now, I yes. wonder if that's necessarily, you see, all, all all those things. I mean, to buy something new, yeah, it could be uh, some satisfaction, but is that necessarily? And that brings mm-hmm. me back to, um, you know, to another question here. Now, how can we be generous in using our Talent, because some people yes. may have a talent in spending. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's true. Uh, they may have a talent for wealth creation. They may have musical talents. They may have spiritual gifts. Believers have spiritual gifts. So all of our assets are to be placed at the disposal of our Lord Jesus as we minister to the world that he loves. Mm. And Jesus spoke about using our talents, telling, of course, famously the parable of the talents. Yes. And how how good it will be for all of us to hear those words of commendation, well done, good and faithful servant, uh, according to Matthew's gospel. But I particularly like the version that we get in Luke. I'm sure our Lord Jesus told the story on more than one occasion. Mm-hmm. And in, in Luke's account of the, of the story, the concluding statement is, because you have been trustworthy in a very small matter, take charge of ten cities. 
So this is not so much a reward but a promotion. Mm-hmm. And so we are, we are called to be generous in the use of our talents. And as we do so, God will give us more talents to use and more opportunities to serve him. But who would want to take charge of 10 cities? Because the cities are full of headaches. Mm-hmm. But this is where the man of God, the woman of God, should be uh, rubbing their hands together. And uh, when Winston Churchill became prime minister, uh, <laughs> France was overrun by the Nazis. But I can imagine Churchill rubbing his hands together. This is my opportunity, he would say. Uh, the, the man finds the hour, the hour finds the man. And so he was promoted and he was given an incredibly important role to do. And all of us, as we serve God generously with our talents, we will have more and we will have more ministry opportunities from him. That's yeah. how the kingdom of God works. That's true. That's so true, David. Hey, David, thank you very much for uh, joining us today and um, sharing with us. Uh, May God bless you as you are continuing to share with uh, your wonderful uh, ministry. And um, have a good time in uh, Port Augusta. Looking forward to see you back in the studio here. Yes, looking forward to being in Adelaide next week again. All right. Thank you very much. May God bless you. Thank you, Nick. And that was uh, David Lima from uh, Family Voice uh, Australia. I enjoy uh, some of his thoughts, uh, Brenton, there in yes, regard to yeah, the, uh, you know, time and treasure. And, mm-hmm. you know, you just before uh, we had the song and uh, this interview with David, you mentioned about some types of uh, giving. Are you happy to share with us? Sure, I'd be happy to share there are four types of giving mentioned in the Bible. The first one is alms, A-L-M-S, not A-R-M-S. Uh, alms were things that were all money that was given to the poor for the support of the poor. Mm. Now, the principle there is an interesting one. Um, Deuteronomy 15.11 talked about the fact that you were to open your arms wide to the poor. The basis on that is threefold. Firstly, to express mercy to the poor. Mm. So by opening your arms wide, by being generous. Now, Nick, you've probably had this experience. I certainly have. I've had the experience of being able to share uh, with those who are poor, sometimes rather substantial sums of money Mm -hmm. uh, to help them. I recognize, and listeners are probably saying yes, but uh, that's just a drop in the bucket. I recognize that that is not going to solve all their financial problems. You can give a person $1,000, but if they're a drug addict, the $1,000 will be gone in a couple of days mm-hmm. or maybe less. Mm-hmm. So, But nevertheless, the fact that you have done something to help a fellow human being, in a sense, it elevates them because many of them have poor self-image. It elevates them to recognize that you see them on an equality with yourself. Remember I said Jewish thinking was that God created the world, God created man and woman in his image, and... As a result of that, we are to view everybody as equal, mm. whether they're a billionaire or whether they sleep down in the South Parklands under the trees. Mm-hmm. We are to view them as equal. The second point is to recognize um, the poor as your relatives. Now, that James talks about this a lot, as you know. He says, if someone comes to your church driving a Ferrari uh, in the latest jacket and comes inside, and some poor man comes in driving an old Ford, 
uh, that smells and stinks and uh, he's wearing dirty old clothes and a pair of trousers held up by binder twine, you are to treat them equally. Mm. So giving is uh, not just a matter of recognising the differences in social status, but I need to keep going. The second point is tithes. Most people are aware of what tithes are. Tithes essentially are 10% of your gross income, not your net income, your Mm -hmm. gross income. Uh, which um, God asks us to return to him. I've had people say to me, I can't survive on 90%. Um, The comment that I've often made to them is, have you ever tested God in this matter? Mm. The third point is free will offerings. Free will offerings are what you give at church on Sabbath or Sunday. Uh, They are offerings that you give. You are not compelled to give them. You give because of whatever motivation is motivating you. But uh, giving is is a very important principle found in free will offerings. The last one is grace giving. Now, that's found in Second Corinthians 8, and I know our time is short, but I'd like to read this verse or two. Moreover, brethren, we make known to you the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. That is a great trial of affliction in abundance of sheer joy, and their deep poverty abounded in the riches of their liberality. The churches in Macedonia were, were, shall we say, dirt poor. Mm, mm. And yet Paul was collecting money to take to Jerusalem. Um, No internet banking, anything like that. He was taking money to Jerusalem to help the Judean brethren because they were going through a tremendous famine at Mm -hmm. that particular time. These people were poor. And yet it seems when you read Second Corinthians 8 and what he's saying uh, to the Corinthians to compare them with the Macedonians that these guys, they gave beyond what they were able to give. And he says this, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is why I've called this a grace, uh, grace giving. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor that you through his poverty might become rich. There is the principle, I believe. If we were to wrap up our program right now, the principle there is that God, who owned everything in the first place, Mm -hmm. went from that position down to a position of absolute poverty where he didn't actually have a roof over his own head. He relied on other people to put him up for the night. Now, if you apply that principle across the board, it might change the paradigm of our thinking. Absolutely. Mm. And Brenton, uh, I like to think that, uh, you know, we are living too much in uh, in me me economy rather than uh, God's There's something in that book God's <laughs> economy. And by the way, mentioning about the book again, if you like to get this book uh, free in your hands, the Giving Equation by um, Ken, Ken Long. You just need to send an SMS to zero four zero one three zero five zero seven seven or. Um, if you like, you can contact our station, uh, write an email, info at faithfm.com.au or visit our website, faithfm.com.au. And you know, in, uh, in, the, in this book also, as you just um, pointed out, uh, uh, Brenton, uh, when we look at God's economy, it says that the freedom of dependence guaranteed necessities. 
You know, God is promising that He uh, will never uh, lack of the things which we need in our life. And David, I remember David said that I was I was young and grow old and uh, have uh, uh, seen the righteous lacking bread. That's it, mm. and uh, no uh, anxiety in the, in the lifestyle. You know, in our lifestyle, if we understand this and we have re- reciprocity. Um, the abundant effect, the proof challenge, uh, becoming more like God, you know, that's in giving. It's actually um, how to say it's not in our de- detriment, you yes, know, yes. but also me, me economy is that uh, the freedom is um, to feel that I'm independent, mm. you know, mm. um, and I need to accumulate, you know, the more I have, the more I feel more secured, which is a total, uh, how to say that, um, Misunderstanding of yes. the, the yeah. actual thing. Mm. Um, keeping up with Joneses. This is a, and I mentioned this one again, uh, another Nick, program. Mythical people. Because the you know Joneses what? Are a mythi- but but a keeping up family. with them because we are looking too much at other people. Amen. We are not looking mm. at ourselves and uh, what For we sure. need. And uh, you said a bit earlier, me first. Mm. You know, me, me yeah. first. Uh, Covenness and greed and. Uh, uh, immediacy, you know, you, I want it now. Uh, that's what drives uh, society and human beings today. Uh, I am the owner. I heard about many things. I do whatever I like with my things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm in charge. Yes. Now, when you look at these uh, few things, Brenton, we again can f- see the difference in between God and us. God yes. is the one who gives, gives, yes. gives. Yep. We like to get, get, get. You know, that's what we, uh, and most of the times we are not asking God for what we need, but for what we want. Good point. Good and, point. And uh, it could be very, um, very difficult to, um, to progress yep. in our mm-hmm. relationship with God if we are not taking off, you know, ourselves and allow God to change us, to have a relationship with God and to really understand why are we here. Mm -hmm. Now, you pointed out that time is short and we are almost uh, out of time, but still a few more minutes there if you like to bring together a few thoughts uh, today, uh, Brenton. Well, this book, I would thoroughly recommend people take advantage of this book. Uh, One of the chapters is entitled Case Studies or compelling case studies. And it talks about the rich young ruler. The rich young ruler's problem uh, isn't interesting that in the Bible he is known as the rich young ruler. He doesn't even have a name. Mm. He's known as the rich young ruler. And Jesus said to the disciples after he had left how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. Now, please um, don't get the impression that riches mean that you are not blessed by God because I've been to Russia where a church that I went to the people were so poor I just couldn't believe it but they had one person in the church who was rich his name was Paul and the minister said to me at one stage he said you know Brenton if we didn't have this guy in our church I don't know what we would do he has helped people financially He has helped them with food. He has helped Mm -hmm. them with accommodation. The man's occupation, incidentally, for those who were listening, was a carnation farmer. He grew carnations. This is in uh, the capital city of Kishino, Mm -hmm. just over the border from where you come from. Yes. Um, 
really, really interesting to see the fact in five and a half weeks of being in this country, I would have met three rich people. All of them, to the best of my knowledge, were really using their money wisely in helping those less fortunate, first of all, in their own church community and secondarily wherever they could in the wider community. Mm. There has to be a priority of giving. You give to God because he has given to you. God is continually giving. John 3.16 says God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Yes. Gave. So the principle here is that if God is continually giving, should we be putting limits on the amount of giving we give? Mm. We do need to live. No dispute on that. We do need to wear clothes. We do need to drive a car. We do need to do all of the things in life that uh, are necessary to survive. But if we sit down and analyse, as you say, our needs as opposed to our wants, maybe what's needed here, Nick, as we sort of finalise this, is maybe we need to say to God, Lord, show us what our needs really are as opposed to what our wants are. Mm. Because if we can then prioritise or hone in or zoom in on your needs as opposed to your wants, you may suddenly find that you do have finances and other things that you can share. But there's too much emphasis, I believe, in giving placed on money, Nick. Yes. Because we're nearly out of time, it's a great pity. One of the, the greatest things that is given, which I think is every bit as important as money, is time. Absolutely. And David and we just haven't point, even touched yeah, on that. David, David point out a bit of that. Yeah. Briefly. Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. Yeah. Time. Time, uh, you know you know yourself, a businessman or businesswoman says time is money. Yes. And th- there is some truth to that. But time is giving. Yeah. It's time that you could be spending with your family or doing things for yourself yeah. that you were using to yeah. the benefit of others. Yeah, I remember the story, uh, Brenton, while you mentioned that uh, some years ago uh, there was a project, uh, and I believe it was started in the uh, United States, about $1 for one Bible. To spend yeah, a dollar right. mm-hmm. to get a Bible and give it to somebody who doesn't have a Bible. Yeah. And the project was very successful. But at some point, uh, those people who did some studies on it find out that there were many people willing, uh, and, and actually the, the catch was there. You need to give a dollar for a Bible. It was very cheap, you know, yes, actually a dollar yeah. for a Bible. Sure, sure. Uh, let's say if you want 10 Bibles, yep. you, mm-hmm. you pay $10, but you have to go and distribute those Bibles. Ah. Now, many people will come and say, here... Willing here, to give a dollar, yeah, here but, is, not here, no, but no, here is a hundred dollars or a thousand dollars say i'll give you this money can you please do it yes but the time you know to put in to go to uh, very interesting to get to the door to interact with those people was very important uh before we we closing today i really like to uh, to pray a prayer of transformation sure and i would like to just think of this uh, as we pray together uh, uh, today why not to ask god I surrender my life to you today. I surrender my way of thinking and my focus on material things. Hmm. I surrender my consumeristic mindset. I commit my life to you. And I recognize that my thoughts are not your thoughts and that my ways are not your ways. So please, transform my thoughts. Yes. 
let my heart be changed and renewed as you reveal your will to me day by day. I really want you to consider this little prayer, dear listener, and uh, experience a new beginning with God, even in accordance with this subject we talked today about giving and generosity. It looks like our time is up uh, for today, uh, um, Brenton. does uh, seem to be, Nick. I'll tell you what, the last hour's gone quickly. <laughs> yes, but thank you very much for joining uh, Nick My Rita and, uh, and Brenton Wilkinson on Drive Time, BQ&A. Please join us uh, uh, for the next program uh, tomorrow when we ask, what is the church? Man, if you like to, uh, to have your questions answered and uh, more information, don't hesitate to send an SMS or ring my phone number 0401-305-077 or vi- visit our uh, website on faithfm.com.au. Really looking forward to see you again, but until then, please remember, Christ said, I am leaving you with a gift peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give isn't like the peace the world gives. So don't be troubled or afraid. This is in John 14, 27. May God richly bless you. And uh, Brenton, while you are here in Adelaide for um, a shorter period of time, I pray that you will really be blessed. Thank you. And thank you for joining us and looking forward for another mm-hmm. time to, to join us. And uh, all the best uh, for you and your uh, people in the, down in Southeast. Yes, yes, I love them dearly, all of them. <laughs> all right. I will leave you with a song um, by uh, Melita, I Have a Friend.